Hey, it's BT with Tales from a Gemini. My guest today is comedy veteran Scott Long. Scott Long has been in comedy as long as I have. He's written for Frank Caliendo. He's had his sketches on ESPN, uh, Fox Sports. And we just did a dip, deep dive into comedy, which which eventually went to rock and roll. And then we go a deep dive into rock and roll, man. I This was... I hope you enjoyed as much as we did, but I doubt you will. But enjoy me and my conversation with my buddy, Scott Long. Are you sure we roll, Nikolai? Nick, are, you, are, are you sure, Nikolai? Okay. It sounds like we are, but are we rolling, Nikolai? Are you sure? Can we be looking at the TV, this this thing or this thing? No, you're looking at me, Scott, because well, I am the star. You. you look at the star. Every once hey, it's I BT with Tales from a Gemini. Today, you know what I, I love? You know me, I love the motorcycle guys and everything else, but I love when I get one of my own. When I say one of my own, one of my guys, I feel like a, a coach. When I go to my guys in, and that's comedians, especially comedians who's spent their time they've done their time i mean it's one thing to have the, the, the people that come up which is great yeah but i like the people who've done their time this guy i say done their time when i moved here you i, I can't say you were the first comic i remember but i just remember like everything that was done here like as far as like a lineup you were always there with me yeah and you've done Everything like, as a matter of fact, it's almost a question of what haven't you done, Scott Long? What haven't you done? Because you've written for Frank Kelly and Doe. Yeah. Okay, you've had your own dry bar comedy special. You had your a flyover comedy that was on Amazon Prime. Right. Right. I mean, you've done the gamut. So what haven't you done? Hold on. What haven't you done that you want to be done, that that you would like to do? Ooh, I like that. Yeah. You know, I've done almost everything I want to do. Which is, is pretty cool. I mean, you know, in I didn't have big dreams of like, I didn't want to be a TV star. Like, really? I, I never did. I started in 91. And everybody in 91 that started, the idea was you want to get your own sitcom. Of and, course. That and was they the were, deal. They were passing those out a lot, you know. I mean, every, I mean, you know, Mitch Hedberg got money. Like, you could do a sitcom with Mitch Hedberg. You could not. But, you know, he's brilliant. I never wanted to do that. I wanted to write maybe for TV, which I did. Um, I, but I wanted to do stand-up. I love doing live stand-up. That was always my thing. I just swallowed my gum. Is that okay? <laughs> I mean, where does that go? I love that. I love that. She was like, okay, what's this pause for? I thought it was even for dramatic effect. No, but you, it was you, dramatic. You, I, I, don't, I don't think I've swallowed any gum since I was probably about 14. I don't know where it goes. I don't know greatest? how it turns out. When in school, they go, you made chewing gum and you, gunk, yeah, and you get right. the gunk in. Yeah. And then you, and then they always go, oh, it's seven years for the digest. Remember that? Sorry. Seven years. Is that, was that true or is it something? That's why I, I got to know. Some, I got to look that up. Okay, so my big moment We'll just get right to it. Like everybody's got their big moment. And so I'm writing for Frank Caliendo, okay. as you said. And it was for the NFL pregame show on Fox. Okay. And you're like, there's sketches that go on before, you know, the NFC game. So it's the number one rated show. It makes more money than everything. It's got Terry Bradshaw and Howie Long and everything. I write this Super Bowl sketch uh, that got a lot of acclaim. Uh, what was cool about it was is... Frank was going to be um, Charles Barkley in it because he does this amazing yes. Charles Barkley. He does amazing everything, though. He kind of does. And he's the most talented person. I've there is no kind of. I mean, he is, and he's a good guy. That's why I like him. Eh, I don't know if he's a good guy. He probably was to you. <laughs> You're talented. That's true. No, I didn't work with him, though. Yeah, to that's work with somebody different. Um, he's good to me. Yeah. So, idea is Shaq's like, I want to be, I'll be in the sketch. And they'd asked him and they're like, great. You can be, you know, I don't want to be Shaq. I want to play Terry Bradshaw. 
Shaq said he wants to play yeah. Terry Bradshaw. So then we're like, okay. So Ari Spears plays Shaq, who does a great show. Yes, he does. Ooh, 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 ooh. And he's got his eye going this way or whatever. I was now. This was this was before uh, the show Ari Spears was on. Uh, what's the? It was uh, the the compliment to Saturday Night Live. Mad TV. I was I auditioned for Mad TV, and mm. I did a Shaq, and it was, that was when no one really was doing Shaq, right? right? And I did a Shaq. And I'm not going to say I could have got it, but I had, had my, after my second audition, mm. she said, hey, what are you doing uh, like the rest of the week? I go, nothing. Mm. But I had to get to Kansas City. I mean, I was that broke. I had to get to Kansas City. And they called me that, th- I auditioned, I think on that Tuesday. They called me that Thursday. They go, hey, can you come in? I go, I'm out of town. And they go, okay. And oh. that was it. And I always remember that. Always. Yeah, you can taste those. Every once in a while, you get a taste. It's very rare. Dude, it, that was my Buster Douglas. I mean, that was oh. my Buster. You never really get over it. Yeah. Yeah, that was my Buster. Mm. Didn't mean to bring up bad news. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's time to get past it by now. Maybe not. Yeah, you get over it. You get over it. Yeah. So, so you got a Brexit with Beyonce. Eventually, you got over it. <sighs> I, I, get this, uh, I get this meeting with Barry Katz. Oh, big, big. Okay. At the time, Barry Katz had been Dave Chappelle's manager. Yes. Tracy. Everybody that got on Saturday Night Live, he got Jim Brewer on Saturday Night Live. He got Tracy Morgan on Saturday Night Live. Didn't he manage Dane Cook? He he was managing Dane Cook at the time. He was the biggest comedian, hands down. Yes. He was was drawing more people than almost any NBA team that didn't have LeBron coming in town. Yes. Okay. So- it, this is right. He was Jay Moore's manager. Yeah. Got him on Saturday Night Live. So he's like, you know, I want to meet with you. I like get in the best shape of my life. I work out because this was Dane Cook time. Everybody's wearing the uh, BT tight t-shirts. <laughs> you can still do it. it was, this wasn't two bears in a cave time where, where Bert you. Kreischer's running out there with no shirt and he's fat. And everyone's like, yeah, that's what a comedian looks like. Yeah. 10 years ago, that wasn't the case. Well, thank you, my friend. It's true, though. So uh, I get in the Hollywood, everything. I go in um, and we're talking and I'm like 41. Okay. But at the time, I probably looked like I was like 33. Okay. Yeah. I I, I looked younger for my age. I have not lately, but I mean, just it did for a while. You look good. I'm 57. You, you look good. You, you, don't look you don't look at David no, I'll give out all the numbers because I'm I don't care. You don't look at David 56. You look Thank good. Thank you, bro. You look that good. means uh, you saw me earlier. My makeup <laughs> team made me work good. Okay, so here's the meeting. It's in Malibu. It's like the movie. Oh. He meets meets me, and uh, the meeting's going well, you know. And then he's like, "Well, why haven't you moved out here?" And I'm like, "Well, we, we had him. I talked to you about it four or five years ago, because uh, I had one other like." call with him and he wanted me to move out because he liked this script that I wrote about the adult um, film industry but it was like a comedy like Larry Sanders about adult the, uh, pornos Yeah, and I'm like hey that'd be perfect for HBO or Showtime because it wouldn't be gratuitous the, the nudity and at the time they wanted nudity on those shows yes 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 they, you know, Dream On and, and stuff yes. like that they wanted you oh, hold on oh my gosh yes, yeah, yes. The, I love that show me too so Point is, he's like giving me the, I'm like, well, you know, the first time he asked me, it was when Last Comic Standing was starting. Mm. First year. He was the producer of that with Jay. They were executive producers. Yes. And he was like, you know, I got this show I want you to audition for. I was about, my wife was about to have our child. Mm -hmm. It's kind of my Kansas City moment. Yes. So I'm like, I can't do it. And this sounded terrible. We the comedians are going to be in a house. 
And I'm like, oh, because the first three years, it was two or three years, they lived in a house. Yes, I remember that. It, it was it was more like uh, the real world. MTV, exactly like the real world. Yeah, it wasn't like it is now, like every show where they just come from the back and Terry Crews brings you out or whatever. Yeah. It was, they lived together and they could make you look good or they could make you look real bad. Yes. You know? And uh, I'm like, oh. So this meeting happens. It's going pretty well, but he's like, you know what? I, I, there's like, I got a dozen of you guys that I've managed that I never know what I'm going to do with. You're funny. I love what you wrote, but five years ago, you needed to come here when I asked you to. And I'm like, I can't disagree with any of this stuff. And then he's like, he's like, what I do like is, is you look like a normal guy. You got that dad bod. I'm like, I'm in the best shape of my damn life. I'm thinking in that moment, I've never been in better shape, but I got a dad bod in Hollywood. You yes. know, it's like, it's like uh, probably going to the beach with BT. Stop it. You know, you might Stop be looking it. good and then Stop BT it. like does the reveal and you're like, I think I'm going to keep the tank top on. So at that moment, I'm like, I need to stay back in the Midwest, um, you know, where I'm like uh, Midwest anorexic. You know, because I'm morbidly obese in Hollywood. It's like you're surrounded by. It's right. like you're surrounded by, by, by what, what, the Samoans. Yes. You know what I mean? And oh, you feel good about yourself. Like, I do you know feel what? good. So I am looking good. Yeah. So that's kind of the story. I don't even know exactly. That's how I do these things. Somebody asks a question, and I just go on this rant. But that was kind of like my big moment. And at that moment, I'm like, you know what? I don't even really want to be here. I don't want to be in a room with ten other writers. That's for sure. You get spoiled doing this. Explain why we're spoiled. Why? I mean, how, as a comedian, uh, stand up, uh, spoiled. Ah, maybe the benefits. I mean, the, the little bitty benefits that you get outweigh. I mean, to, to put it this way, to do what that guy right there is doing. Yeah, yeah I'd Grind. rather be a comic. I'd right. rather be a comic than do what that guy's doing right. or do what anybody in that building over there is doing or in that bank over there. Yeah, that's why I would rather be a comic. Right. Other than that, I mean, and there, there are also benefits, but there are also the drawbacks are, you know, I have like uh, maybe $10 in my savings account. Yeah. You know, that's the drawback because there is no retirement. Plan. No, there's no retirement. There's no uh, insurance. There's none of those things. Well, creatively, though, when you're driving in the car and you show up to Helium and you got two ideas, you get to do them right then. Right. And it's the greatest, and to get them out, to, to oh. get them out. I tell people all the time, yeah. if, you, if you don't have it all the way, take it on stage anyway, just to get it out. Oh, it feels and, good. And the, and the comic in you will find, and you ever do like a, re, a replacement punchline until you can find the one you really mm -hmm. want? Like, okay, my time's up. I got something that's okay. It's got a, <laughs> if I can work with that, then I got a little something. I'm cooking with a little something. I got a little grapeseed oil here. That's perfect, because... It makes me, what you just said, makes me think of some of these like really good like uh, songwriters and rock and roll. And they'll have like, they have the melody, but they don't know what exactly the words are. So they'll just do, ah, yeah, until they can get the words to fit that mm. melody. They'll get the, hmm. There, there's some of that in comedy, but writing for the NFL on Fox for 13 years or 11, and then I did ESPN for two for Frank. The first 10 or 11, I'm in a room, but I'm not in a room. I'm in Indiana sending my stuff in. I have like a conference call meeting with the producer, the star of the week with the other two writers, but I don't have any control over what they use. And then I'd watch it Sunday and I'd be like, come on, that's what you're using. And this way, cause you don't have any control. And it took, like, I would complain to Frank the first two years. He's like, Hey man, I don't have control. And I'm the person that's doing it. You got to let go of that shit. 
Yeah. Because why? You don't have any control. You've got to be the boss. Otherwise, you just spit stuff out. And as a comedian, I always got to go on stage and do whatever I wanted. Comedy, you are the boss. You are the the You are the one. You edit. You're you're everything. And I always think it's better. It's kind of veering off the subject a little bit, but that's that's why I like interviewing comics because they understand. But it's like if you have a new bit, sometimes it's better to do it in a place to where it's say a clean environment. Like, you know, you were right. cruise ships, like you do a family show. So, you know, you can't curse. So to put a new joke out there that right. way. And that way your punchline is going to be clean, you know, right. and which, which, which eliminates, you know, lazy writing maybe. Oh, it does. Instead of putting a uh, fuck here or whatever. Right. Like, okay, I'll put a real punchline here or whatever, whatever. And then that way it, I, I think it makes your writing a little bit stronger. You it know, does. when you when you're putting constraints like that, it makes Tim for me, it makes it better that way. Look, uh, young comedians, and I was a young comedian, and I started in Indianapolis, so I used to do Chicken Patties clubs. Oh my gosh! Yeah, downtown, downtown, and Broad Ripple, and Broad Ripple, right next to Vogue. Oh my and uh, they were two clubs, and they were B plus rooms, I would say. B plus rooms because they brought in good comics. They brought in great comics because the Ice House booked them. Yes, Bob Fisher, Elaine, 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 Elaine. God, I love Elaine. Elaine, Elaine was the person who. Uh, she had no idea what was going on in Indianapolis. <laughs> and, I mean, like she'd, she'd spent, she'd send like some Hispanic comic to Indianapolis in like 1998. There was barely any Hispanics. There was none. Well, I, there was none. Like, uh, there wasn't even, uh, illegal, uh, aliens cutting grass in Indianapolis in no. the nineties. It was like, you know, so it was whiter than it is now. It, oh my God. Yeah. It so, really, it was white, 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 white. So white. the audience wouldn't get him. Yes. She booked, this is the greatest bill ever. A badness. John Fox, who was like this yeah, old time, he told joke jokes. Yes. Jokey jokes. Now they call internet jokes or something, but there yeah. was no internet joke jokes. Normous on Bob and Tom. They loved him. It fit their demo, all that stuff. The feature act, Mitch Hedberg. The worst billing ever. They stared wow. at Mitch. Mitch was not famous yet. He hadn't quite figured out the whole jazz thing with this thing. He was more Stephen Wright. Yes. I, it's, I'm funny you say that. I didn't mean to cut you off, but, no. but it's like I always say, I say Mitch Hedberg was jazz. Steve, uh, Stephen Wright was more a uh, folk. Yeah. Oh, that's a great you guess because he was folk. He he was he was folk, and that's not even back. Because folk is great. Woody Guthrie, whatever. But yeah. man, but you know, Mitch had that kind of just uh, Mitch had did it, did it, did it, where Stephen Wright was just really like this. Well, Fred and Barney can't believe the Stones are still doing it. Fred and Barney. I mean, how great are is you, that? Do you do impressions? Uh, no, I mean, if the ones I do, no one knows. My, my favorite, the one. That was a good one. The one I can't figure out where to put is Bomani Jones. You're from Bomani oh, Jones? Bomani Jones, oh, here, here, yeah. Here's my Bomani Jones. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the right time, Bomani Jones. I got right now, I got Dominique Foxworth, Foxworth Friday. What's up, Doc? <laughs> you know when you laugh? That's like 110% right. <laughs> and I'm not a big Bomani Jones fan, so it irritated me. That's a good impression. But I, but I don't know where to put it. And then I and I was like, okay, who's gonna get it in the crowd? Because like yeah. you know, he's got that little. But I love him. Because I w- I'm at the Columbus Funny Bone with Caliendo. We're in the car driving back uh, from like radio, and Jim Rome comes on. And he starts doing Jim Rome. Like within five minutes, he had never heard Jim Rome. I'm like. Oh my, you like done this perfectly. I'm like, you should try that at the show. And he's like, who's going to know Jim Rome is? I'm like, you got to try it. So he, he goes up 
And like no one knew except for like five guys in the back who thought it was the greatest thing they had ever heard in their life. And so then he starts doing it. It was kind of the sketch that put us over because people forget at Fox before Frank started doing those, Jimmy Kimmel did them. Jimmy Kimmel went from that job and the man show to having his own talk show. Frank was the one who replaced him. And so for the first year, there was a lot of Terry Bradshaw going, that is not funny. I don't get it. That not funny. And you'd hear that. And it's like, oh my God. And it was exhausting. And Jimmy, I don't know how he did it, but Jimmy somehow did not get flack for going in blackface when he went as Carl Malone. Oh. Remember, he, he, he'd be in blackface Way and, back. He, and no one said yeah, anything. Used to happen. Yeah, but but Alan did it like 10 years later. Yeah, and no one, no one ever said, but I, I guess it's who, he, who you are. Who, I guess it's because you're under the, the, the guise of a, as a comic, but. He never got in trouble. And, and it wasn't really egregious. But Not it, at all. Frank came on the TNT show in full makeup as Charles Barkley. And Shaq and Kenny, like, fell over. They were laughing so hard. Frank was, the best sketch I think we ever did was, he was James Brown. You know James Brown? who's yes. like on CNN yes. or CBS yes. now, but was at Fox. Greatest guy, super Isn't guy, he great, yes, super yes. guy. We had he Frank played all the characters, like, but was like what it was like behind the scenes. And James Brown, the greatest guy, he was a total ass. That's how we wrote him behind the scenes. Okay, okay. Like he throws coffee in a like a. It's, that's not hot enough. He throws it at the James Brown's mom. Thought it was James Brown. That's how good. Frank's impression was when he did Stephen A. Smith. Stephen remember, a. Smith. And, and and they were and they called in and, yes. and they had to figure, figure out who was really the Stephen A. Smith. No. Dude, let me tell you, I, I I will always say. I mean, don't get me wrong. Jay Farrell's good. Jamie yeah. Foxx is good. But man, Frank, Thanks. when that when he had Golic Greenberg and Golic, yeah, little literally crying. Yeah, when he went when he did the, the LeBron. Yeah, the LeBron James <laughs> with the yeah with the Morgan Freeman leaving leaving Cleveland. Yeah, you know I just hey say you can't go back home, but you know and man what hearing those watching those guys cry. I'm telling you, Frank, man, Frank, take it to another level, bro. And he puts jokes into it, which makes it great. That was the difference. I always would say Frank is a quality feature act who can do impressions. None of the other impressionists could be funny outside. That was the difference. Yes. He didn't do that whole turnaround and now I'm this and now yeah, I'm Now that. I'm Jack Nickel. Yeah, right, exactly. I used to hate that shit. Right. That was the old school way. Yes. He would have a conversation with, you know, all of a sudden Robin Williams is having a discussion with George W. Bush and then all of a sudden somebody else pops in. And it, he came from the Robin Williams world, though. His brain, he, he thought that that's what he, that was his idol. It wasn't Rich Little. Yes. It was like, I want to seem like there's five voices popping out of my head. Now, you, when do you start in stand-up? I mean, it's funny you say 91 because I went on stage for the first time. I went on stage first, open mic night. First time, I think, in 88. I was in junior college. Where were you at? Uh, I, I, was going to, I was going to school in junior college in Miami, Oklahoma. It was on, a, it was on the border of Arkansas. Yeah. You know, uh, to talk, I know I've, I've done casinos in Miami. Yeah. So I, I would go up stables, two lane highway. Casino? I, I don't know what it is. I mean, cause because, because it's there now, but back in my day, it was nothing. It was just a scary ass town. If you were black. Look at, so, oh my God. Yeah, so, look, look on the map, everybody. And it will look like it says Miami. 
But it's Miami because Miami. because of the, the tribe. It was right. a, a Native right. American tribe that they screwed over eventually. <laughs> so yes, yeah. what I did was I went to, uh, it was Kansas, it was Stanford and Sons. Right. Went on stage there and that was when, you know, it was uh, 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 David David Naster, David yeah. Naster, Emery, Emery. Um, yeah. um, um, you know what? I remember going through. Was there, Elliot 3.30? Yes. And I remember scouting it, right? I went there the first week to scout it. Sure. And who Smart. Was, who was on stage? Eddie Griffin. I remember, oh, that's where he came from. I remember Eddie's first. I remember Eddie's joke was, "You ever see a head? You just want to thump." And I and I remember that joke. I and I, I just always remember that joke. And it was Eddie Griffith and, I, and it was Scott Steen. But I just remember going, "Okay, that's what I got to do." And I and I went up the next week by myself and just sucked. But you know what? I kept going back, kept yeah. going, and, and so and I, and I would go on like 18th out of like 20, right? Oh my god! Yeah. So and I just remember like keep going, and I remember it was uh, Frankie Bastille because I was I was like a. I had my head against the wall because they were all, you know, how comics are to go, you know, the yeah. click and everything. And, I, you know, I, I couldn't, you know, be a part of them. And I was just People always talk about like the table at the comedy cellar. Yeah. But every place had a table. Every place. Yeah. And and I remember Scott seeing come and go, man, if you get you try that shitty spot, you might do okay. And I was like, hey, thanks, man. Yeah. And I just remember like going from there to when I went to University of Oklahoma, then I would go on at Jokers on Britain right. Road. I remember right. that. And then I think every Tuesday night was open mic. And was I that before... The guy had to give the club, or like they got he got divorced. Oh, was it like was, Gary Bynum? That was Gary Bynum. That was right. Gary Bynum. And then his wife uh, built a club across right, the street. Literally across the street. Yeah, I was. I wasn't part of those. I wasn't oh, part of that. Oh my, that was interesting. My mom lives in Oklahoma City. Are you serious? Midwest City. Well, I, I, my, my whole uh, family Del still City. lives in Oklahoma. Still lives in Oklahoma. Uh, they're in Tulsa though. They're yeah, in Tulsa. Tulsa's better. It's it's same. It's like saying well, which is the best super Walmart you've ever been in. That's what, that's what that's what it's like. I mean, let's yeah, be honest. Well, this point. one's got a subway. Well, this one has a subway and a McDonald's. I mean, it's like you know, tomato, tomato. Miami has a, uh, a Billy Sims barbecue though. <laughs> Do you know he has his own barbecue places? Yeah, there? I'm from Oklahoma, man. I know that. Okay, I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm from Oklahoma, man. Yeah. And you know what's funny? And I, I don't want to stop you in your story, but oh. when you talk about uh, the the auditions, okay, right. best shape of your life. Now, back in my day. I'm like a lot, you know. I went to an audition. It was when they were doing uh, the uh, the reality show, the, right. uh, the kind of the, not really the dating one, but you know, we get the hot people on the right. island or whatever. So I was auditioned to be the host, right? I think to be a host or whatever. And so you know, I'm talking to, and they go, "Hey, BT, I want you to take your shirt off." I said, "Okay, I swear to God." <laughs> Took my shirt. They go, okay, you can put it back on. Man, I never felt so low in my life. They go. Okay, you can put it back on. And they said it in a way like, okay, we've seen enough. I mean, it wasn't like, okay, put it back on. It was like, okay, you can put it back on. As soon as I took it off, dude, that made me feel like I was the fattest guy in the room. Yeah, see, and that's I was the, the kind fattest of stuff, guy in, in LA. That's the thing, you know, look, obviously women have been judged by, you know, what they look like. But the idea that actors aren't judged the same way, guys have to take off their shirt, action movie guys, every time. I mean, women aren't having to take their shirt. But you're also getting paid enough money to get the right amount of drugs to make yourself look oh, cut up. Don't so. get me wrong. But, you know, they, I, I think there's an impression. It's like, okay, you can start off looking like Russell Crowe in Gladiator. <laughs> and now you could be like Russell Crowe at the Golden Crow. You know, it's like, no, that's not the case. He's the exception of the rule. He ate his way out of being an action star. I mean, Kathleen Turner still appears places. He's They're like, like the same. If you like, if you looked at Kathleen Turner in Body Heat and <laughs> it's like, what happened here? But, you know, I mean, come on, right? The, the evolution of those things. 
Because <laughs> she was like the sexiest woman in the world. Man, body heat, stone. body heat. Dude, oh. when, uh, when uh, I think it was William Hurt, which is like, wow. Yes, and he it, breaks, he, he takes a chair and breaks it through. Because she was so hot. Yeah, I mean. He, he broke would, the glass. That's how hot yeah, she was. Yeah, now it'd be like. Just brush the chair off. And <laughs> she walk me, away. she me to him. Yeah, I was just in the window. He broke the he broke the window, officer. And she was Look. worthy of it. Remember, she had that voice. Yeah. Oh my god. Now I mean, it's two octaves below. It does, <laughs> that's another problem. A lady at thirty that has that octave sounds great. At uh, sixty, it's it sounds like you're at the Stables Casino in Miami smoking. Uh, I tell you butts. what, back in yeah. my day, back in my day, if a man hit, put his hands on because you, you, you deserved it. That's why, because you deserved it. You know, my man put his hands on me, but I deserved every one of them. It was a different place. <laughs> it was a different time. Oh, <laughs> the okay. kind of woman that works at a Love's gas station. She, hey, I tell you what, pump number four, you got, uh, you're you're ready to come on in. Tell you what, boys, you uh, you meet me out back. And I'll take care of you. <laughs> lot lizards. <laughs> lot, them lot lizards. Lot lizards. I love lot lizards. I'm in that business. But I mean, I, I swear, I think, like, we stop at truck stops. We're like truck stop. <laughs> we're like truckers who tell dick jokes, right? That's kind of what our, I mean, no, because the we drive look, is we look, as much. No, no, no. We look better than truckers. Uh, we please, do. Please. We do. I mean. You do. I have nothing against truckers. I mean, they move America. Right. And I'll leave it at that. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah, I know a lot of comics. We we might be dirtbags in different ways, but I don't think we put off in rest stops and and do whatever, whatever. And you know, I mean, mm, yeah. I think there's some comedians that fill that uh, too. Nah, hey, maybe they should have been truckers I'm, instead of. <laughs> maybe they missed their calling. They're like, I don't even like the comedy. I just like driving. Like, like maybe you should uh, bring some products somewhere. I like meeting strange men in rest stops and doing. That, uh, so I've probably seen two lot lizards that I could recognize <laughs> in, in 30 years. Like, I don't, I, maybe they still have like a CB. I don't know that I'm missing out. Let me on tell you something, man. I, I, to, to this day, I swear to, and I mean, yeah. I feel like I know a lot, but I didn't. And so I didn't know that was a thing until I saw a documentary and I was like, who sleeps with truckers? I mean, I sounds bad. Oh, trucker, I go, Ugh. Well, it's a, it's a, it's not a good business for, well, I mean, you know, trying to keep yourself up. Well, duh. Comedies, I mean, I mean but, you know, like 45,000 miles last year I put on my car. I mean, I was going to get to that, dude. Let me tell you something, man. I know you do a lot of corporates now, and that yeah, ain't make the difference. pretty but, much all I do. But, man, you still hit the road so hard that it, yeah. it makes me tired. Looking at it, I go, how are you doing this, dude? I mean, honestly. Because I used to do it for 250 bucks. A night, and now I do it for twenty five hundred. But still, but it's, still, it's still a grind. I, I mean, how can you do that? The, like, it makes me tired looking at it. I did two, like every year that they have these things in them. Like, it's like four or five of the plain states, like the Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, the Dakotas. Maybe they do these post proms. Have you ever done a post? prom Yes, I did one in North Dakota. In yeah, Grand there Forks, you go. In Grand Forks. They're just like the hardest gig you could possibly do. You have so much amazing energy that I think you would be like the template of somebody who could probably get away with it. But you got to be clean. Of course. Of course. Totally clean. You can't really talk about drinking. You can't talk about sex because that's why they do these post-proms. They, it's a lockup in the gym or wherever because they don't want the kids to go get pregnant or get, or get in a drunk driving accident on prom. And I did one in Nebraska, and I couldn't mention that, but the girl in the front row was pregnant. 
<laughs> I swear to God, she was at least at least eight months pregnant. Did you did you tell her like parents like a little too late for her? <laughs> no, I know. I was like, no, I'm, I wanted my check. I wasn't. No, I wasn't I about to go there. And that is wanted, true. But it's like you want me not to say this. I say that. Don't mention this. Net. But I, these kids are obviously doing it. But okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. But and uh, yeah, I, I was like, oh, I'm not messing with this. I mean, she was. I, I mean, like. Yeah, I, she was gonna drop any 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 week now. Maybe that week if I made her laugh hard enough. So it was, that was a weird thing. I, My mom had me when she was two weeks into eighteen years old. Wow! And I did not. I did not have my first child till I was 37 for that reason. Wow. Good for you. That's good constraint. So I had, well, I don't know. We had to use the IVF. So maybe it wasn't even constraint. It was just challenges that my wife and I had. And so I didn't have my twins till I was 41 years old, which means I will walk uh, like when I take them to college, I will be 60 years old. My mom, when she took me to college was 36. 36. She was five years younger. Math. Five years younger taking me. And, 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 you know, guys were making jokes. My mom's pretty and stuff like that. And, you know, it, you know, there's kind of a Stifler's mom kind of thing working oh, there, you know, yeah, 30, yeah. because there weren't 36 year old moms. And no one knew about MILFs back then. Not at all. Cause it was the eighties. Yeah. Uh, you were done at 30. You know, I'm walking in, it's 1984 university of Iowa. You know, there's in one, one room, there's uh wake me up before you go, go coming through. <laughs> and of course, police synchronicity was yes. killing it. But you know, and I'm like, Oh, and then hey, the outfield that's new. I love the outfield. Totally great. So these are the memories I have, but yeah, it's such a weird, you know, you know, difference between my mom and I, different life. I think somewhere in the middle is probably the way to go. You know, maybe you're 30 when you have, if you try to have kids, but like I played sports and I still do. What like, sport? I played football, basketball. I played baseball in the summer in Iowa. They have baseball in the summer for school. Yeah, we do too. Okay. And then I play tennis. You're the greatest juxtaposition of weirdness. Like your interest, like, you know, that Dos Equis guy, the most interesting yeah. man in the world. Yeah. You're the next one. <laughs> I don't know if you can grow a great beard or something, but something I'm just saying you are the most, cause your interests are so Diverse. Diverse. That's why it's, that's why it's uh, Tales from a Gemini. Because, I, I mean... You are, man. I, I, you, if you look at BT's social media, I'm like, okay, what's going on here? I I feel it because I don't know you. Yeah. We don't know each other. I know. That's why I We started this. around the same time. Yeah. So we didn't, like, we weren't, like, headliner feature. We were headlining about the same time. Yeah. And we just never met. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's how it's how it was back in that day, right? You know what I mean? I mean, if we did, it would have been maybe it's one of those things where hey, somebody's having a recording, which I barely remember those back in those days, right. you know. But or maybe like uh, Comcast the, or something, or, like that. or the the infamous comedy contest, which, which that's where I made. Which I which, which one? Which one? The Dubuque one. That was fun. That was fun. Well, for you, <laughs> that's what because I had always heard about you, and you were a fast riser. Thank you. I mean, you were. I mean, right. you were headlining, what, 95, 96 in some clubs? I, yeah, I, th I think so. I think, That's I think, rapid. I and especially in those days when there was, you know, tons. Yeah. And people think, oh, but there was tons of clubs. There wasn't tons of clubs. Mm. They were, right when you started was the peak. Right when I started was the peak. Like, 
late 80s, early 90s was the peak. By the time we're starting to really get time, the clubs are like, dis- they're just dissipating because there'd been too much comedy on TV. They were worn out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Chicago went from like having 14 comedy clubs to having four within like five years. You ever do the, uh, the, uh, the one, uh, in Chicago, it was, uh, the comedy. Ah, oh, which one was the, the big guy would host it. He thought it was funny. Ah, oh, God. I, Bill I just, Brady. No, it wasn't Bill Barrel Brady. Laughs. No, I'm talking, I'm talking about downtown. It was downtown. Okay. It wasn't, it was not too far from the improv. Ah, oh, well, I think, I think it was on a Monday night. It was, it, it, it wasn't Zany's. It wasn't Zany. It was one of those, um, off the name was a di- different name. It wasn't a uh, a, a chain. Oh, and okay. everybody would go there on a Monday night and just destroy. It was a fun room, kind of easy room, but it was no. fun room. I forget the name of, it, but that was fun. But I mean, it was a different time back then. Yeah, and we had to base it on how it was back then. I mean, yeah, as, no, as no, opposed I, to I, and I'm never the guy that's angry about oh timing or whatever. If you get in the '80s, it was way easier. If you got in the start of the '80s, because the clubs were just starting to exist, and there wasn't this, there wasn't a uh, people didn't even know it had happened. I mean, you first started seeing stand up. You're, you're in Oklahoma, right? Yeah. Where Where'd you grow up? Grew up in Muskogee, Oklahoma. I'm sure. literally an Okie from Muskogee. Right. Literally. Um, Merle Haggard's song. But we don't smoke marijuana in Muskogee. Is that a Is that a military town? No, What's far the one from it, by it, far from it. We're, we're the exact opposite of military. <laughs> What's that mean? Um, I have no idea. <laughs> but, I love uh, it. No, uh, 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 Lawton is a military day. Lawton okay. and Tinker Air Force Base in Oklahoma City. Right, Dale the City. Lawton. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so in which my, ma- my uncle managed a Walmart in Lawton. My, my whole entire family was uh, Walmart. My enti- I do the joke, but it's true. My entire family, except for me, at one time worked for Walmart, except for me. And the really? greatest Christmas we ever had in my life, I swear to God, was when mom and dad were actually getting along. It was incredible. And so, and my brother and his, at that time, his wife, all the kids, we all got together and they told Walmart stories. And, I, oh. and, and my mom and my dad told a story how he stopped the dude from, uh, from shoplifting. Like he followed the dude all the way around the, 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 my dad hated to be mean to people. He really, I mean, he's a, my dad's a big dude and he stood up when it was time to stand up, but he had a compassion for people who weren't like him. Like who were like, you know, the street dudes who I would just like, oh man, here comes trouble. My dad would have compassion for him. So I go, Henry, that guy stole something. My dad goes, come on, brother, give it up. And, and he walked all around. My dad was in great shape. He walked, he go, come on, brother, give it. So he walked up to the way the Walmart was stationed. It was like, kind of like this. And so there was a big incline and then do come on brother give it up the dude walked all the way up my dad walked with him he go come on brother give it up he go, he go come on brother get, I don't want to call a cop come on brother get and he, my dad said the dude climbed up the top of the hill and he goes turned around and gave my bag gave my dad the bag and he jumped over the fence and left and then, and then that's a beautiful story and then I swear to God my dad said my dad said Again, this guy walks out. He goes, Henry, that guy just stole the TV. My dad said, man, this dude was like 6'4", corn rolls, about 240. My dad goes, that ain't my job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my dad said, that ain't my job. I go, man, how my dad shook. Yeah. That dude was a big, he looked like he meant business. But it's the truth, man. I'm the only one that didn't work for Walmart, man. What, why? Like, did your family... They came from there too, or what was everybody that? was everybody was Oklahoma, and that's why I always wanted to leave. I okay. was just I was, I was I never I always you know like this business is what percentage of, of uh, African American was not used that term then growing up in uh, in Muskegee, Oklahoma, Muskogee, Muskogee. <laughs> Sorry, Muskegee. Hey, if I'm gonna screw up, I'll, I'll screw up on the name Muskogee. <laughs> yeah, Muskogee. Um, yeah. What what percentage? Like, were you always like one of the only? 
No, no, no. Muskogee, Muskogee, Tulsa. There's actually Tulsa. Yeah, Muskogee, Tulsa, Oklahoma City. There's an all black town called Bowley. They're the the rodeo. There's an all black town called Taft, Oklahoma, which which which, uh, Red Fox would stay in. Red Fox was the was the uh, mayor of Taft, Oklahoma. He would stay three blocks away from me at these uh, uh, black people's house. They 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 had money. They had like a gated like a big and the big gates would open up. He stayed with them when he was there, and people had snapshots of Red Fox staying with them. He was the honorary mayor of Taft. Oklahoma and there's like a Ida Bell they had a big race right there at one time and we didn't integrate to like 72 yeah so, no that's I mean so there was problems <laughs> in fact my uncle got kicked out of, uh, of school because somebody said the word to him and he beat him over the head with sure. that when no one had a steel pick when the picks were steel yeah, yeah and he uh, he got in trouble for that and he laughed at that What's, but, when's the last time you used a pick Man, okay, let's go before. Uh, okay, this this started getting shaved right when I graduated OU, so that was ninety. Yeah. So about eighty eight, I guess huge, I would say. Michael Jordan has to be like not he's you're not a huge NBA guy, right? No, not 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 even not even. But for him to make that look seem so great, yes. at the time that it happened to you, because you see brothers in the seventies that have got like. Big hair and then no hair here, you know, yes, like yes. like on the Jeffersons, yeah. like the initial guy in the Jeffersons, yeah. not not Sherman yeah. Hemsworth, but the guy yeah. that was like on uh, uh, All in the Family because it was a different George yes. Jefferson. Yes, 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 yes. Everybody else was the same, but he was a different George Jefferson, and he was like a character actor. You'd see him in different stuff. He was good, but I mean, you, you didn't have the cock and the walk that you know that George Jefferson had. He killed but it. That Sherman Hemsworth killed it. You'd see guys, and you're like, ah, it's. You know, that doesn't work for anybody. (laughs) But uh, Michael Jordan, all of a sudden, that was like, he's like the sexiest man in the world. He, 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 matter of fact, think about Jordan's contribution to just the, 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 the money he poured into society from, I mean, he started with the baggy clothes, with right. the baggy, right? That, the bald head, yeah. everything, the, the, the Nike. Cause I mean, before that, it was all Adidas. Right. I mean, if you watched air, it was all, Adidas. he changed everything so much. I mean, yep. he's one of just innovators in, in, in just a gross natural product. Oh. What Michael Jordan did. So what he did was incredible, but yeah, I had the, but I had the little landing strip though. And, that, okay. and I would do a little brush and get the little waves in, whatever. Nice. I never had a do-rag. Never had, I never wanted to get arrested. So I didn't have the do-rag, but I was like, yeah, I had I had that look and then finally I think I said you know what it's going all the way off and I did I just remember like just massacring my head with Bix because Bix were the worst but they were also the, cheap there there wasn't a lot of razor options either. yeah because you, but you didn't know who, who, it was usually it was this yeah it was this true. and all of a sudden Michael Jordan came in I'm gonna be like Mike and so then you were like ah ah and he, <laughs> he perfected it you never saw that in the commercial right <laughs> ah, maybe the, he couldn't maybe that's why he grew that Hitler mustache in that one ad that he did. How, in come, no one, how come no one called him out on that? And that Haynes commercial? No one called him out on the Hitler com- on the Hitler. Like, what are you doing, Mike? What are you doing? It was so weird. I I, I know you're whiter than white because you're from Iowa, but do you remember the hot comb? I'm here's the weird deal about me. I'm I'm weird in a way like you, whereas, you know, you probably were going to the local record shop and getting a Scorpions album or something. <laughs> you know me, bro. Right. Live the first thing. I went I went to the, the place in Des Moines. It was about 30 minutes from Newton. And the music shop. Newton, Iowa. Man, I remember that. Close to Grinnell. It's 20 miles. close to Grinnell. It's where Maytag washers and dryers. My whole, that's, that's my Walmart. With the Perkins my right off the street. And right my dad, the uh, they, all, they all worked for Maytag. Wow. It, and that's where all the washers and dryers and dishwashers were made. It was a total company town, Whirlpool Bottom, took the jobs to Mexico, 
Yeah, wipe the time out. Right, but it didn't happen while I lived there. Yeah. It was when I was in college. So I go to the record shop and it's, I don't know, it's probably 82, 83. Yeah. And I get my Judas Priest album. <gasps> yeah, which one? This one was Screaming for Vengeance because oh it just came out. Oh my God, that was so 83. good. Scream. Yeah. Scream for Vengeance. But I also got Grandmaster Flash. <gasps> my man. Okay, and that was Don't the first me, rap album. Cause I'm close to, to the edge. I'm, I'm trying, trying not to lose my head. <laughs> it's like a jungle from Tap. Yeah. Make me wonder how to keep him going under. And the the college dude who was a stoner that was at the record shop. That's whoever was at. The, you know, like he's like, "Hey, little bro, you got some eclectic music taste." And I'm like, "Cause I did like." How old's, uh, how old's our producer? We have any clue? Uh, Nicola, how old are you, Nikolai? 23. 23. Okay. Okay, so go to bed. Just go to bed right now. Go, go take a nap. Go take your afternoon so nap. It's so awesome, and I love it. Your whole life, you can just go, oh, uh, I want somebody tells me to check out a song. I just go to Apple Music, or I go to Spotify, and everything's available. And that wasn't the case. You had to you, go down and find it. You had to go find it. And then on top of it, the only way poor people could get any music, at you would get a record club. You would join a record club. Columbia. And the, Columbia Four or RCA. Four. RCA was a... Uh, RCA, yeah. wow. You didn't have to buy as RCA. many for RCA. <laughs> Columbia, it was cheaper, you'd get RCA. more, but then it was a racket. So... I, the first ones I ever got, my first six or whatever, included uh, Parliament. Oh my God! Right, and I'm like this little, like little uh, honky f- kid from Newton, Iowa, nine years old, and that wasn't even before Flashlight because this was the uh, live album, and there was all the dudes were in diapers and stuff like that. Oh they my. were so much more the Chili Peppers before the Chili Peppers. And then I also got Three Dog Night, which you would expect. Three Dog Night was great. Yeah. So I was this weird kid. The great moment of my kind of full circle, about six years ago, I get a call. They're like, we need an opener for a rock band in Chicago. And I was on vacation in Wisconsin. I'm like, I'll come down for it. Uh, It was Three Dog Night. And that was the first album. First song I ever loved was... Joy to the world because there was Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Yes. I'm like six years old. Uh, my dad's painting houses at the time because they were on strike. And it just brought me back to warm bologna sandwiches with mayonnaise. That's and what music does, man. That brings you back. Yes. And so I told that story on stage and how this was so cool to me, even though only one member's left of joy, you know, uh, three dog night yeah. and uh, killed it. And it was so good of an experience. You know, those are the moments you got to hold on to when you don't have insurance. You don't have a pension. <laughs> yeah, you don't have yes. a sick days. None of that stuff. You have to know, okay, as long as you hustled hard enough to get the work. You know what, man, we're just going to do that. We're going to do the last five minutes. Let's do yeah. it now. I'm going to reveal. Okay. We, we, uh, for, tell them what, for tell the, my for the fan. What we're going to do is, he said, he said, uh, uh, when, he, when he messaged me, he go, okay, listen, last five minutes, I want you to wear your t-shirt of a band and right. I'm going to wear a t-shirt of my band and we're going to talk about it in the last five minutes. And, right. and I'm going to say to hell with the last five minutes. We're going to do it now since we're all yeah, ready to do it. So I'm going to reveal my band. You reveal your band. Hold on. Oh yeah! Remember, Remember them? Is that electric? Hell yeah, bro! That's uh. Dude, let me hold on. The taste of it now. 
Let me tell you something. Okay. Let me hear you first on this. And this is obviously. Uh, yeah. I mean, yours is great too. Don't get me wrong. And it is, I'm not really shitting on them, but, and I said this to somebody the other day. This was, is a hard rock band. It, it's a great band. And the only thing I didn't like, I, I still like me wrong, but they, when they found that sound, it kind of ruined them. Oh no! You know, I, I, I like I like their second and third album. High and Dry, Saturday High and dry Night, and Pyromania. Saturday Night, pa pa man, Billy's got a gun. Are you out of your fucking yeah, mind? Billy's got Billy's a gun. Billy's got a gun. He's on the run. Yeah. Got danger in his eyes. Hysteria. That's the girl Hysteria album. Man, that's when they got girls. Dude, but, that was their Bon Jovi album. But let me tell you something, man. To me. Billy, the, the, just the way that the, the vocals, the way, the way, it was the Mutt Lang, right? The way he Mutt mixed Lang. that, the way he mixed that, blind, blind, leads the blind. Yeah, Billy's got a gun. It's going to shoot you down, man. High and Danger. Dry sounds like an ACDC album, like the drums and the beat. And it made them that it's harder than the, the ones that happened afterwards. That's Mutt Lang still had that sheen that he put on uh back in black and oh things my. like that oh that's that's it. the back in black album 10 years later what well, the, the, the electric let me tell you something man i remember and rick rubin and we talk about music taking you back i remember i got this the day it was in the summertime and i was and i just needed a job and one good thing about me, I was, I'll say this, is my dad had never, never worried about me trying to get a job in the summer because I always wanted to work, get work. money. And I remember going down to Sound Warehouse and getting electric. And the first three songs just kicked you in the ass. Mm -hmm. Remember, we're living in a town in a one heart shack. Yeah. Man, that man. Love removal machine. Yeah. Baby, 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 baby. I fell from the sky. Man, I mean, oh my God. Oh, little devil. All, all that album, it like it's a little bit like how Hysteria was a bigger album, but anybody that likes Def Leppard knows it's it's high and dry or Pyromania. That's like a rock fan. Yes, the next album that had Fire Woman and all that really good. Oh my god! But that one to me is perfect. Electric just fucking kicked you in the ass. Perfect. Good old fashioned rock and roll. It's like, you know what? It's, it's like that fighter who never got the credit deserved, but he's just good at the basics and he just whoops your, he's like Rocky Marciano. And yep. he just bam, bam, just sticking that jab in your well, face. And now I'm saying you're like, I'm done. Well, and Rick Rubin loved ACDC. Yeah. And so his idea was let's, Let's tighten up your She Sells Sanctuary kind of gothy songs that were good. But they he made them a totally different band. Love. I don't think a lot of their fans joined on to that, though, because the goth people who loved She Sells Sanctuary and a couple of the others that were hits that were on Love, college radio. Rain. Right. That wasn't college radio. Yeah. That was rock. And it was right before grunge. Yeah. You know what? You call it goth. I thought it was more psychedelic. Well, it was. Psych I, I thought it was more. Cause when he was like, True. he was all hippie wise. And I just it remember, was. It was even to this day, I just remember, I think, I think it was that stretch of highway. I think it was I-80 coming out of Iowa and I'm just tired. Yeah. And I just remember. We've driven that way too many times. And I just remember hearing She Sells Sanctuary and I just got a, like a, oh my God. Yeah, right. You know, that, 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 yeah. that, 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 She Sells Sanctuary is the greatest road song ever. That will get you a ticket guaranteed. That's at least 90 and okay. a 55. Here's, here's my one that will always, you just, if you should be able to show this to the police 
and they would let you out. <laughs> like in the seventies, it would be radar love. Okay. I've okay. been driving along my hands with on the wheel. Okay. That's seventies or maybe uh space trucking by deep purple. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Th- yeah, yeah. Those two, they're trucking. Yeah. There's trucking in them, space but not trucking truck. grateful dad. That puts yeah. you to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a grateful dad fan. Me neither. Okay. Eighties. Well, it's probably even early nineties. The ministry song. Um, what's the one? Jesus just not my G- hot rod. Oh, I know. I'm, I wasn't that big of a ministry fan, but I know I know what, what you're talking about. Well, that that was another band that like switched, and they they picked up a guitar player from a metal band, and they became like. Like ministry kind of set this ta- the uh, the way for Nine Inch Nails. I could see that, but that song you play it, and it's like it's. I mean, it's like speed metal, but I'm not a speed metal guy. Yeah, and it's funny you said it because I think that's where Metallica lost some fans or made them fans mad when they. I always say Metallica finds a little rhythm when they did. Uh, you know, it was sad but true. The one was sad right. but true, and they found a little rhythm, and they were like. Whoa. What's this shit? You know what I mean? And that's I go, what makes me not a, I guess, not a true Metallica fan because if I t- tell you my ten favorite Metallica songs. Name them right now. Name them right now. Uh, since you're saying that shit. Okay, let's do five because we don't want to do. Well, you said. 10. Did you not say ten, Nikolai? I did say ten. I can come up. He's not confident when he said ten. He said ten like like he knows. Didn't he? But all my ten. Now it's down to five. Oh, but five or ten. Okay, they're all past. Give me five. Um, you know. Well, give me two. Give me five. Well, truthfully, that's in my top two is fuel. Okay. Okay. I do love um, Injustice for All, which that was when, the, that was the first one. One was the first one where they had kind of yeah. like light music and then the video where oh. they, the, it's from a movie. I know, man. Kid. I, I, I still can't even think about that. I, I put myself in there. Oh, it's, it's, no. it's the worst. I don't want to go there. Yeah. Right. I mean, it it's makes me, worst. yeah. That's such a powerful video. Yes. Um, but everything else I like best is after like I'm not in a search and destroy and I'm not as I'm not as I'm not as heavy I like like have I heard Sandman too much maybe but I still love it to me it's overplayed it's kind of like it's kind of like she shook me all night long that's yeah it's not my favorite because of that you know there's like eight other songs on there that they haven't played as much sink the pink rock and roll is a Noise pollution. Rock and roll ain't noise pollution, man. That 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 funky ass. It's that slow. Yeah. Get off your ass and come down here, cause rock and roll ain't no rhythm, man. To me, it makes good good sense. Good good sense. Probably our podcast uh, that we do together should be this. Bro, let me tell you something, man. You get me talking about rock and roll, especially back in those days. Because yeah. you know, maybe always mad when I, when I would look at the, the Rolling Stones top albums. Yeah. Black and Black was never there. And, and I go, and it kicks everyone's ass. There's not too many albums that can, that can mess with Back and Black. Back and Black Back and Black was almost oh. the ultimate rock and roll album. Name me an album, rock and roll album that's better than Back and Black. No, you can't. Scream for Vintage was great. Scream at Scream for Vengeance. Yeah. No, I was at that concert and uh, it's the only time that I actually felt the devil in the room. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. Rob Halliford's when he comes out in the first encore and a hell bent for leather and he's pulling his motorcycle out. And this is 1983. Nobody knew he was gay. Yeah. And sadly, the guys, the majority that liked him the most did not like people that were gay. (laughs) 
So he was smart. He knew. I mean, you gotta know your audience. It was sad your that that audience. would be the case, but that was the time. You gotta know. It was the time. You, you cannot change the zeitgeist of 1983. Yes, you can't. That's why it. I say we're way better. Let's celebrate some yes, of the way exactly, better. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't mean we're done, but let's celebrate it and <laughs> yes. not go. We've gone nowhere in the last 30 years. Yes. Are you kidding? You need yes. to get in the time machine. Okay. So my son goes to weightlifting at school and we were talking about this yesterday. This will make your heart feel good. He was talking about like some rapper that they play in the weight room. And, um, I can't remember who he had said little something. No, it wasn't little, it wasn't little baby. Or a little any of those. Something. It's always a little something kind of no. And so he's like that. Um, but I think ACDC, we still play. That's still the best to lift to. And I'm like, hell yes, it is. Greatest lifting music ever created. ACDC, Ozzy. Ozzy's really good, but it's. Not, I don't think it's always lifting music. I give you. I, give I mean, you no, I'm. I'm not going to be able to not lift listening to it. But Back in Black is. It's just the same, and you can just, you could keep your rhythm to it. Ball breaker. I was when I was cycling yesterday and ball yeah. breaker come on, yeah. you know, dun dun dun. Now, okay, I go here, I go. And I act like I was on the chase and the yeah. Tour de France, dun dun. Yeah, and I was like, I was doing this, man. I, I put my ear. Uh, <laughs> I was doing that. Hey, man, I'm telling you, and you cannot beat a. I mean, there's there's groups out there who have a, a nice little. They can they can go with him for a while. And then it's over. It's almost like like boxing, man. It's like, yeah. oh, I can go with you for like three or four rounds, and then, then that championship rounds come and it's over. That that's what other groups are like. Like Led Zeppelin has like a in the evening, that, that little, you know, yeah. that, that that little nice little warm-up in the oh. evening. Okay. Uh a whole lot of love. That, when that yeah. when that kicks in, oh. hey, that's your mind. That that very beginning, you're like, yeah. oh, I, I'm gonna beat somebody's ass. All right. Yeah. That's great. But it fills you with a like it but, fills you with masculinity. But if you want to go an hour and a half of just straight ass kicking, yeah. you can't beat ACDC for no. a workout. And my son did say that they play Van Halen in there, too. Let me tell you something. Van Halen, I'm going to go on a record right now, say Van Halen is the best American band we've ever had. Van Halen, as far as I'm, rock and roll okay, in so that era. That, uh, since I didn't give you the five, we'll do the Mount Rushmore of American bands. Cause you oh, that, always, that's going to be good. Cause I, I okay, go ahead. Because uh, England, it's easy. You get all the Beatles and the Stones and the who and the Led Zeppelin yeah, and you they, could go on all they day. They cheat cause they're good. Yeah. Right. But they we stole it from us. So, but they stole it from, from our uh, black music, blues yeah. musicians. Yes. So very yeah, much so. Yeah. Uh, though I will say, I don't think you listen to Robert Johnson as much as you listen to Led Zeppelin. Robert Johnson is fucking great. You better watch your mouth there, Scott. You're not lifting weights to Robert Johnson. I may, but, but I feel the devil sometimes. I mean, he's doing, cause he's got his back to you cause the devil's playing it. Uh, how, what a, what a great story that is. Oh, it's amazing. Isn't it? I mean, the, do you know that story, Nikolai? This guy supposedly sold his soul to the devil, right? In the middle of Mississippi. It's supposedly he, he wasn't very, you know, very good uh, a musician. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he just becomes incredible. But no one's seen him play, but turn his back to the audience yeah. and play. And I guess the devil was playing the. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and he died mysterious. Well, his woman poisoned him. And that's why you never leave a glass and go somewhere and come right. back and drink in a glass because somebody could poison. That's why you never do that. Right. All because of Robert Johnson. Right. Yeah. So now you know, Nikolai. Now you know. Okay. Now go to bed. 
that's good, man. I love that. So give me your give me your okay. American band uh, Mount Rushmore. Come on, cheat off of you. Okay, I'm glad you said Van Halen. Get, definitely. Okay. Um, I probably go on Aerosmith. I knew that was coming. Um, <laughs> knew that was coming. I would put I put Van Halen a little above them, but then yes. I would go because I like alternative rock too. I think REM is incredibly important. And so I would put REM in there. We're talking bands. Now, if you're talking. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. You're right. I might put after that, yeah, I might put Earth, Wind and Fire. Those might be my four. I thought it was rock and roll. I thought it was rock oh, and roll. Oh, you're talking about rock and roll. Well, yeah, rock and roll, rock and roll, rock and roll. You know, we're the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You put up. Okay. So maybe Metallica now. I have a problem with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Listen, I, listen, I know what they're trying to do. What makes me so mad. Yeah. You leave out Iron Maiden, but you induct you induct Jay Z before Iron Maiden. Are you out of your head? Iron Maiden, bro. I mean the original. Okay, turn the light on. Fuck this. I don't. You know. I, whoa. You're probably gonna you get in a fight with me. And see. I like three the albums. Since the Maiden. beast with wrath, because he knows the time is short. Let him without understanding reckon the number of the beast for the number is a human number. I, number. I love number of the beast. Uh, my favorite is the. What's the one with Flight of the Icarus? No, I heard you. Trooper? I heard you say. But I, only I like might three. like you only like three. Three what albums or yeah, three songs? Three albums. I only like that three. But they still deserve to be in a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame over Jay Z. Come on, man. I, I don't like Jay Z. I have to admit. I, but he shouldn't be before Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden is metal, bro. That's rock and roll. I yeah, mean, I don't get me wrong. The attitude of rap, yes, it's rock and roll. The attitude is. Right. But after that, are you out of your mind? Iron Maiden is out, but Jay Z's in. That makes me just want to check a just a oh, Iron Maiden is fucking rock and roll, bro. Well, think I mean the bands Acacia to me Avenue. that had to wait as long as they did, like Judas Priest and stuff. Because I think Judas Priest is, um, that's one of the top three or four metal <sighs> bands ever. Oh, and I prefer personally. I brought them up earlier. The Scorpions, who they have, they have thirty songs that are amazing. All the way back, there's a song in the seventies. This Udo, what is it? I, Udo Berksheimer? Uh, no, well, the guy that was the first guitar player for him. He's he's amazing uh, guitar player. And there's a song, uh, Seas of Charin, or something like that. And the sound on that is just. Wicked. The rest of the band hadn't figured themselves out, including the lead singer at that point, Klaus. But Klaus Mine. Right. But then they get Love Drive and they start doing the zoo and everything. And oh, after that, that run for about 10 years. Oh, they had two greatest hits out before they came over here. Right. Speedy, you remember Speedy's coming? Yeah. Speedy's coming. The rock and roller. Yeah, rock and Catch that train. Right. Catch your chance. See, they're Get, not in. Dude, love at first, live at first thing. Yeah. When, when they, you know, on, on the album that, dun, 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 and well, on the live album, dun, 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 dun. You know what? I feel like just stopping to shut up Nikolai right now um, for no reason because he doesn't You're know You're mad how, because he's young. No, because he don't know how good this shit is. What do you listen to, Nikolai? I, I listen to Van Halen. A lot more 90s He's good. Okay, man. I'm, so, I'm, I'm a, sorry. He's a I'm kid, sorry, man. I like I'm sorry. him. I'm sorry, Nikolai. I like him. By the way, if you don't Nikolai, he, he works the boards. He's a Russian. I'm, I'm sure he's... But he's a good Well, he kid. probably loves Scorpions because they were one of the first ones that came over to Russia. Yes. But you know what? That's when they jumped the Russia shark, though. And, and Billy Joel. They jumped the shark. <laughs> Russia. <laughs> Yeah, they did jump the shark because they did that. Gorky Park. Uh, yeah. There's some winds of change. Oh winds my change. God, that was that was horrible. Other than that, you take away winds of change. That's the I will put listen, I will put the scorpions and the cult. 
versus any rock and roll band you have for at least an album, maybe two. Mm. In their prime. The yeah. Cult and the Scorpions could mess with anybody. Yeah. Anybody, anybody's greatest have you give me Metallica's greatest. I'll give you the Colts greatest. You give me I'm uh, with you. The, the Judas Priest greatest, I'll put you motherfucking the, the cult the cult and Scorpions great and go, now what you want to do? When yeah. they had when they when they had the Monsters of Rock, when yep. it was uh when it was uh, the Scorpions, Van Halen, uh uh, uh I, I, don't, I don't think Metallica was on there. It was another 80s no. group. Man, let me take oh my god, dude. The Scorpions are so underrated. So so underrated. Yeah, Matthias Yobbs on, on the sixth string. The Axeman. Yeah. I feel like, oh, I just feel like slapping somebody right now. That's how much to, I, hey, I'm on your side. That's how much Let's I love keep rock that in mind. That's how much I love rock and roll, and I, bro. And I'm, look, I wore this because this is a cooler t-shirt. <laughs> yes. I, mean, it's I like very, it, though. It's very cool. It's like He-Man. It's like He-Man yeah, rock and like roll. it's like a cartoon. Uh, it's like He-Man. It's like he, yeah. He-Man was a rock and roller. Right. Yeah. Um, but... Like, if I saw us both walking down the street, I'd be like, oh, that dude, the guy wearing the Colt electric, that's the dude that really knows music. I would think over me. Because there's plenty of people that can walk around walking with a Def Leppard. But, but but that that kind of Def Leppard is different though. That Def Leppard is different. If, it's and, cool. Yeah, if you had the one hysteria, go ah, that's just a you know everyday yeah, you thing. You got it at Target. But if you get you get you that. You can't get that at Target. Yeah. If you get that, like, oh, what, what's this? Yeah. Oh, uh, you don't know. Right. You don't remember. You, you don't remember this. The You don't even remember uh, Sonic Temple with with. I think the greatest song the cult ever did was uh, American Horse. Oh, that's a the great day song. They tried to tame the yeah. American Horse. Da 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 man. So I'm at the Cleveland Improv, oh. and uh, the Flats. Yes. Remember that? Yes. Okay. And they would have music like right next to it in the summer because it was in the Flats. Yes. Yes. And I'm there. I'm featuring, and I'm like. I'm like that some one of the guys is like, yeah, they got a concert here. That's why it's hard to get parking. I'm like, well, who's the concert? Uh, it's like the doors, but Ian Asbury, uh, he didn't see Ian Asbury. He goes like, I think the guy from the Colts, the lead singer of the doors, so they had gone out on tour and yes. he sang for them. And I'm like, Oh, I got to see this. So I did and I'm watching it and I'm, he's great. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. The Colts better than the doors. I wish he would break in about all of his songs yeah. because I like five Doors songs a lot. Yeah. Like to me, that's probably the most overrated American band. It's funny you say that. Yeah. I uh, mean, cause they have this the folk all the doors, the doors. And it's like, you go, Oh, okay. like Roadhouse blues. That's my that's, God. That's a ripper. I woke up this morning and, and I, I got, got myself a beat. And the video and he's just like, he's yeah. like this. I mean, right. how great is that? That, that, you know, and there's, there's a handful more, but that, that L.A. woman and all that stuff, it's not good. But there's nothing better than when it's raining and you put Riders on the Storm on. I can't go there. When, it seems a little, I mean, it's Riders on the, the Storm. storm. Dun, 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 you know, dun, and, I, and I recognize his influence on people. I do. Um, I don't like an organ. The guy, Ray Manzarek, he sounds like the guy in the mall. Every store in the mall <laughs> in the 70s and 80s, they'd have an organ shop. Like it was, you, you have no idea, brother. Uh, you know, the, our, our 23-year-old Nikolai, yeah. I don't think they had it in Russia at the mall there. Um, we did have But there would be like a, a mall store and they, these little more, um, organs, and they must have been expensive because... They had their own store yeah. <laughs> in every mall. I mean, like New Niwa, 12,000 people had a, an organ store. 
And now you'd go like, oh, you can buy an organ? I mean, like a kidney or a lung? No, it's like an organ, like the church guy, you know, the person at the church play. I don't like it. Like the guy from Deep Purple, he made it sound good. Yes. Oh my, yes. Yes. But that Ray Manzarek, he was too, I, I don't. I don't, I don't dig what he does. And, uh, perfect strangers. The guy, uh, right. that's my favorite song from deep oh. purple that Oregon kicks ass. On yes. That song. Right. They, then it blended with Richie Blackmore yeah. and it all worked. Richie who hated, who hated Andy Van Halen. He hates everybody. Yeah. He's one of those dudes like Chuck Berry that yeah. like, he thinks he's the greatest and I hate everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, isn't it kind of crazy? But he knows singers because let's go over the singers he had. Okay. There was a guy before Ian Gillen who sang smoke in the water and everything. He was the rod something. He sang, um, hush, hush, hush. Thought I heard her call my name, name now. Hush, hush. The, the, that was a different guy. Okay. Then it was Ian Gillen. It did all their big hits, uh, Woman from Tokyo, all those trucking. Uh, then he, Blackmore can't get along with him. He brings in new singers. Who does he bring in? Um, David Coverdale. Storm, bring a coming. Storm, bring a coming. And, uh, and then he had another guy that was singing who, I, I can't think of his name. He's a bass player. They, there were two guys. They sang "Burn" together. Burn. But wasn't Richie in um uh the the? the then w- he went w- to w- Rainbow. That's it, Ronnie James Dio. Ronnie James Dio, that's as good as a metal voice sounds. You can't beat can't. Ronnie. What was he like? Four ten. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. But, he's but from he, Connecticut, but and he's he hanging out with all these these uh you know British dudes that are the guitar heroes. That's how good he's. Four foot ten. He's from Connecticut. He sounds like he's from Brooklyn. And then he just breaks out this voice that's unreal. So, but Dio can't handle him. So then who's he get next? He gets that dude that does, uh, since you've been gone, since you've been gone. Yeah, that song, like that song. Yeah. That, but he had another one too. Graham Bonnet. That was his name. It was all him. It was, he was like one of those, he was like Elizabeth Taylor. She's been married at six times. Like, you know what? Oh, I think it's you. So, oh, totally. <laughs> then he gets Joe Lynn Turner. I, I Power and the Stone Cold, and which was more like a, a foreigner. Cold. They went through their foreigner straight. Stretch. Oh my God, foreigner! I almost forgot about foreigner. Right. Which I, man, seventeen, dirty white boy. I'm taking my kids to a foreigner. Yeah. It's the last tour. I know there's nobody left from the band, <laughs> but it's like twenty five bucks. Lover Boy is opening up. Lover, oh my eight. That was my jam. Here's, in, here's, in here's high our country school. boy. I am my. Prom theme. Did you wear red leather, leather pants? No. <laughs> I was threatening my kids. I'm gonna wear red leather pants and a bandana and walk around on Halloween. It was it was it was loving every minute of it. And loving every minute. That, that was the name of, that was the name of our uh, our uh, our prom. Man, yeah. God, we're up against the God damn yeah. Yeah, I wrecked I wrecked it by we we went no this too no. Early. Who gives a shit? We had to, bro. This was, is one of the greatest podcasts ever. I don't God, know. God damn it was Eddie Trunk. Probably he's going to put this on and listen to it for the rest of his life. He's Dude, like, these are two guys who know. I mean, just fucking music. When you said Scorpions, man, I just, I don't know why. I just feel, No one gave the Scorpions and the cult enough credit. And that's what makes me mad. But, but I do feel like they're mine. Like they're mine. Like they are. Remember White? White. Uh, White. After, off a ceremony. Yeah. And do you remember coming down? It was on, remember coming down. They, they were trying to kind of get, get a U2 vibe dirty, to it. Dirty hippie girl. But it was great. You saw him make me swell. I'm surprised. And, and then Duffy's the guitar player. I mean, 
He's he, I mean, he's he's like Slash. Real quick, I got a cult story. When they hired that that new drummer, the one with the, with the I forget his name, the big guy, uh, the drummer, right? And oh. they, when he got they got he go, listen, whatever you do, don't open the door for Ian at you know it's past two o'clock in the morning. Whatever you do, okay. And I be damn, Ian knocks on the door like it's like two o'clock in the morning. And he opens it up and Ian like trashes hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, whatever you do, don't open the door. And Ian came to drunk, comes in drunk and that's what he does. Wasn't there drummer? Didn't he leave to go with Guns, Guns and Roses? Roses? Guns and Roses. Matt Storm. Yes. Yeah. Matt Storm. Yeah, Storm. Yeah. 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 That's a band. Okay. Okay. Someday we're going to actually get to comedy. No, here it is. Yeah. Okay. You gave me your top five bands, right? It was Van Halen. No, it's American. Van Halen, Aerosmith, R.E.M. Give me two more. I said Metallica. Okay. Metallica, These who are else? American. Who else? Who else? Who else? You come up with your five and I'll think. No, of no, no. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Although you are the guest, but okay, I'll come up with mine. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say Van Halen and I will say Kiss because of their influence. Uh -huh. Kiss because, of, I mean, even though New York Dolls deserve a little bit of credit, I'll, I'll still say Kiss. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kiss, 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 Kiss did way better. Kiss took everything to a whole nother level. And I'm not a music critic. Yeah. Good, I, mean, I, don't, I don't listen to New York Dolls and go, oh yeah, they're as good as uh, Kiss. No, they're not. First of all, critics can kiss my ass because you know what? It's what you like. And and no one should ever apologize for what they like. Yeah. Uh, hey, man, I'm sorry, but I like, don't apologize. Is that what you like? That's what right. you like. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take those two. Yeah. After that, man, it's a who, as far as American band, Van Halen, Kiss, yeah, American, hard. American, 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 Amer I'm sorry, if I had to go American, we're an American, man. Uh, man, you know what? See, I'll now, if, it, if it's not hard rock, I'm going to say Bruce Springsteen. But is that a band? Because then, I, yes, he is there 100% for me. Bruce Springsteen. And if I get Bruce Springsteen and Bob Seger together, man, I, I'm done for the day, bro. Bob Seger and Bruce Springsteen? Yeah, but as a Silver Bullet band, it's not that. It's Bob Seger. I know Springsteen's like they, they put him in and then they also put in the band, which I always think is bullshit. It's like, true, true, know, true, true, true. like Stevie Nicks got in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on her own. What, for four fucking songs? <laughs> Where's Pat Benatar? She's got 20. You know, because she's a heartbreaker, a green maker, love taker. Don't you mess around. Because hell, yeah. hell is for children. Pat, Pat Benatar for about a, what, five year? Oh, her voice is unbelievable. L Better than Hearts. Heart was great. I don't yeah. know why I don't put them in. But I, I, can, only, in. I can only come with two. As far as American bands, so I there can you go. You can't put Metallica in. I mean, they have no, no, okay. a lot of Metallica, albums. Metallica, Metallica. Oh yeah, I mean, Metallica, just from Metallica, Metallica. Career, no, Metallica. Level of you know Van Halen, Kiss, Metallica. I mean, you know, could I put in Green Day? I maybe at, at nah, this nah, point, nah, I nah, probably nah, could. Nah, nah. You know what? You might have to go Pearl Jam. You might have to go Pearl Jam. Even though I love Soundgarden, of all the yeah. Seattle bands, I put Pearl Jam at the bottom. But their longevity. Yeah, that's what I mean. But that's why I would say Green Day has had longevity. My favorite band now is the killers and the killers still are pumping out music. And I, like I took my daughter for her birthday. We went to Columbus, Ohio, uh, where Ohio state plays basketball and took her to the killers because I've done a good, that's a old dad keeps them away from a hundred percent hip hop. Yeah, I want them to, you know, listen to their music too. I got but, no problem but with you that. But you gotta, you gotta understand other music. Like I, I grew up listening to fifties and sixties mu music when I was in the seventies. Why is I felt like we're more well rounded than this generation? On and when music, we, and we had a harder time. And we had to actually go seek it. Yeah. 
I mean, Nat King Cole. I mean, right. it's hard to find Nat King Cole. Right. I mean, back in the day, I was getting old blues at old Sonny Boy right. Williams. That right. I didn't got too old to think right. you gonna have to. Look after me. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> this guy's about to die. I mean, seriously, but, but I love that because I knew that was not fate. No. I mean, when he sang that like that, and one of the greatest songs ever by Sonny Boy Williams, it's, it's like, it's almost like you could, it's Is it uh, Williamson. Sonny Boy Williamson, yeah. Okay. And you hear like, you know, you hear the, the sound dude going, go, man, go. He goes, he, he goes, you let it, you get it, cut it now. You let it cool, goddammit. It won't be worth a damn. And he goes, go. And he, and that's when he goes, I didn't got too old to think. You gonna have to look after me. And I'm like, oh my God, this dude's about to die. I mean, if you hear that, it sends shivers up your spine, dude. Cause that's music. That's blues right there. Oh, I mean, you feel, I mean, and then, and the Howlin' Wolf, you know, right. on the killing floor, when he goes, when he goes up, he goes, and he goes, knock on the front door and then run around to the back. You can catch him while he's coming out. Right. Man, that's it, evil, evil after me. Man, that's that's. that's it's music, sad bro. that all the stories of those guys, like th- there's no, nobody ever did like sat down and did the real stories of them. I, I, I wonder where the audience is for that because I mean, yeah, I, I love it, but it's getting to the point now. It's like, where's that audience now? I mean, because yeah. once, once Buddy Guy goes, right, it's pretty much over. Yeah, because there's no Bo Diddley's. There's none of those guys yeah. left. And you have to think of, well, when I think of it, like classic rock holds on. Like my kids know classic rock better than they know grunge. Dude, name me an American band. Name me a song from American band in the last 10 years that has, that, that has held through the years. So just the last 10. Yeah. that you go, bam. It's, it's not in a commercial. Nothing has lasted like a commercial. I mean, even ACDC sold out and gave him a song for a commercial. Well, that that's one of those things where the killers have songs that they play at music. Like they play Somebody Told Me, Somebody Told Me, which is kind of like U2 and Duran Duran yes. together or whatever. And they play it like... They, they play it like they'll play Seven Nation Army. Those are the two songs that get played at sports concerts. Yes. And those hold those songs. That becomes classic rock. You can put those on. Man, damn it. We, I got to get out of here. I yeah, mean, I have go. to. I mean, I have, I have another podcast in 15, but damn it. I could talk to you about this all day Finally. long. Bro. Yes. I know, man. We, everyone knows we have never sat down and done this ever. And when, I mean, we've, and we it know, shows and it know, shows. We know all the same comedians and it shows. I mean, We've done, we, oh, we, you're we were talking about comedy. We're comedian. We're talking about comedy. I thought we were yeah. just two dudes together talking about rock and roll. That's what it feels like. I feel like I'm in a. I feel like I'm in a like a cafe, have my own little drink. And you right. go, oh man, definitely I saw them. You saw them. And next thing we start talking about rock and roll. Like, you oh, at the Billy Squire concert where they opened and everybody left when Billy Squire would come up because <laughs> Pyromania <laughs> hit and poor Billy Squire is like, hey, I'm the Stroke guy. Hey, I, I worked my whole life yeah. for this. And half the and then he's like, I'm kicking him off the tour. And then they stopped doing the tour three weeks later because they couldn't sell enough tickets. <laughs> but there's like your ego was like, you know, it'd be like you're touring and then Burt Kreischer hits and you're Jay Moore because Burt used to open for yes. Jay and all of a sudden, but that didn't happen. But it'd be like if that happened, you're like, everybody's showing up for him and then they're leaving before the headliner set. Yeah. That's what happens. In music. Yeah, man. And that's what I feel like we just did. God damn it. Scott, hey, well, anything you want to plug? Scottcomedy.com. Um, I don't talk about music during my shows too much. A little bit, maybe. I think now you should, bro. Well, we got to think about this whole thing. I'm I'm telling you. I think you should. Man, I'm going to tell you something, man. Well, we, ooh, I'm I'm pumped now, bro. Revved. I, I really am. 
Yeah. I really well, the am. kind of music we talk about, it's not like we're, you know, talking about Cat Stevens. You don't get as revved up <laughs> for James Taylor as you as you do Corey Taylor. Because I always thought I'd see you again. Anyway, I like that music. Don't get me wrong. I know, but, but, but it didn't, but it didn't pump time, you. It didn't but pump it doesn't you get you pumped. Yeah, it's like Corey you, Taylor's from Des Moines, just like me. Look at you. Slipknot guy. Dropping names. All right, folks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tales from a Gemini. Scott Long, my buddy. Check him out. Honestly, just your longevity in comedy, what you know about comedy, your comedy acumen. I have that. I, I mean about your comedy acumen, man. It, it's a pleasure having you on here, bro. Man. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for watching Tales from a Gemini. And like we say about this time, you know the word. Peace.